0: You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Hello, you guys. Welcome to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm doing an episode this week on getting yourself back on track, which I know is... Once again, that's something that I can't believe I haven't covered in a year and a half. So I'm excited to get into this episode. But before I do, I wanted to share with you a little bit of a story, a little bit of a takeaway from my life and a book that I'm reading that happened to be really timely. So the week that I'm recording this, I have had like all of the tech issues. I had a malware attack on my site, which many of you may have experienced when you tried to load something and got a bizarre pop-up. So that was a whole thing, troubleshooting it, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, had kind of this cascade effect that the thing that I did to fix it then caused another issue and the whole night. So I've spent hours talking to tech support and troubleshooting and doing all sorts of things that are not really in my wheelhouse, and I don't enjoy. And I've had a lot of opportunities to remind myself of something that I read in a book called The Art of Believing on Purpose by Bev Aaron. And this is about the fact that she decides to tell herself that wherever she is, whatever she's doing, there's nowhere else she'd rather be. So as I am perpetually waiting in the queue to talk to someone's tech support. And as I'm interrupting my workout, when I finally get a chance to talk to a person and I'm spending hours troubleshooting this stuff, I was trying this thought on because if you've ever experienced a frustration like this, you know how easy it is to just kind of let it make you spiral into, you know, this is so unfair. I don't have time for this. Why me? And blah, blah, blah. And just really kind of focusing on the negative, letting it ruin your entire day. So I used it as an opportunity to think about how could it be true that there's nowhere else I would rather be right now. So that's kind of the idea that the author presented in this book. And what she says is that, I'm just going to start reading the the quote. So she's talking about how she was at Lululemon and her returns were taking longer than she wanted. And she knew even though she was kind of feeling impatient that there was nowhere on else i'd rather nowhere else on earth i'd rather be because it showed me that i have still had inner work to do on my responses to events i would prefer were different so okay that's applicable she says would i rather have been on the bike trail that morning no if i had wanted to be biking already i would have been and that was really i think like a light bulb for me that i was like you know what if I wanted to just finish my workout or if I wanted to just get on with my day, if I wanted to bury my head in the sand and ignore this or hope it went away on its own or try to pawn it off on someone else, I could have done all of those things. I was choosing to spend my time doing it. And then she says, don't say I don't want to make my kids lunch every day or I would, I would venture to say I don't want to make my own lunch every day. She says, of course you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. But then they'd be... Hungry at school, the school would call me, they'd be miserable and they at home. So she says, you do want to make their lunches because you like collecting happy kids and you prefer days when the school doesn't call. Good to know, making lunch is exactly where you want to be every morning. So I thought this was such a good reframe and something I've talked about before on stories and probably in episodes where we don't necessarily want to do the thing, but we want the result of the thing. And therefore, we do want to do the thing. So kind of reminding yourself All right, I don't want to do my meal prep or my planning, but I do want to make it easy for myself during the week to eat in accordance with my goals so that I make progress this week. I don't necessarily want to do this really tough workout, but I want the feeling of accomplishment and pride and satisfaction that I'll have when I finish it. So I guess I actually do want to do it because if I don't do it, I won't have that thing that I want. Um, So she says, it's easy to find reasons that you don't want to be where you are. And what it boils down to is that thinking that way just doesn't feel good. If you spend all your time thinking about how you don't want to do the things that you're doing or that you have to do, you spend your whole life just being in, you know, kind of this annoyed and frustrated funk. So she says, I'm not suggesting that that you paper over your complaints with pretty life is wonderful and perfect thoughts. Those never work unless we believe them. I am recommending that you wholeheartedly commit to truly finding how you are always exactly where you want to be in that moment. I want to be at work because I love earning my own money. I want to be in this car on the way to dinner with my friends. I want to be in my home with my husband who I love and who loves me when things are hard and good and all of it in between. If I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be. And she says, sometimes it's hard to look because we discover that what we that we want to be here only because we're afraid of leaving. That's challenging, but important because now you know where your work is. So anyway, I thought that was a really good perspective to share because literally all of us have those things that we're telling ourselves we don't want to do and devoting some of your energy into figuring out how could this be something I want to do? What is the value in it for me? And if it has no value... (laughs) I don't actually have to do it. That doesn't mean it's going to be without consequence. If you decide, you know what? I actually don't want to pick my kids up from school again. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> but there is going to be a, a fallout from that. But just remind yourself that, that everything is a choice. So instead of feeling like these are these obligations, what if it's all stuff that you're choosing to do because it's important to you, because it has value, because it's exactly what you want and need? So anyhow, how's that for a lead in? So shifting gears a little bit, like I said, we're talking about getting back on track. And I would venture to say literally everyone has experienced the experience, the experience, I guess, of getting started with something, maybe getting a good chunk of time under your belt, maybe not, but ultimately like falling out of the routine, stopping doing the things and having a hard time getting started again. So the first thing I want to remind you of is that this is 100% normal. <laughs> Literally everyone goes through this and it's just part of the process. And I really want to normalize that because I think we often use inevitable things against ourselves and we our brains turn them into these big to-dos when really they're not. So the first thing I want you to think about is when you say... I have fallen off track. What do you actually mean? What specifically have you stopped doing or started doing that is a negative for you? Because I think a lot of times we, this will kind of all come back to an all or nothing mentality. And I'm gonna to talk to you about my dial method in a little bit. But I think what, what getting on and off track is really indicative of, is you having very specific and probably unrealistic criteria that you're telling yourself you need to do every single day in order to be quote unquote on track. And then the slightest, you know, imperfection makes you feel like you have fallen off. So that's why I want you to get really clear with yourself. I think it's so important to define terms. So what does falling off actually mean for you? and everybody listening it's probably going to be slightly different for some of you it might be well falling off is when i haven't gotten on my peloton for a month and you know the next next one of you might be saying it's when i miss a day or break my streak so it's gonna vary a ton based on you know where you are and, and all those things but i want you to think about that first and then i also want you these kind of flip sides of the same coin to think about what you mean by on track so really figuring out where Am I setting the bar for myself and assessing whether that is realistic? When push comes to shove, if you laid out all the criteria, all the boxes that you need to check in order to be on track, is that something that you've ever done? Is that really feasible to do for more than like, you know, the kind of perfect days where everything just so happens to fall in place and go according to plan? So first define for yourself what on and off means for you. And then think about what happens that makes you, quote unquote, fall off. So it doesn't just happen at random. We like to tell ourselves it does. We like to pretend like, oh, I don't know. I was just going about my business and whoosh, I got uh, I got blown away. And now I have to kind of stumble my way back. But there's always a cause and effect. Something happens that prevents you from doing the things that you need to in order to feel like you are on track and... The more clarity you can get on what this cycle is for you, the easier it's going to be to start to break the cycle. So part of what breaking that cycle might entail is adjusting your expectations and actually being more realistic to, you know what, I'm most likely never going to be able to do all of these things with the frequency I'm telling myself I need to. Therefore, the first thing I need to do is change my definitions. But think about the pattern for you. Is it the very kind of quick turnaround of I fall off every weekend Is it that I'm good for a few months and then I fall off when I get thrown out of routine, whether it's a vacation or getting busy at work or kids getting sick? Is it just kind of life going a little bit haywire that causes it? Is it, this is a really common one that you may not have thought of before, is it after you've seen a certain amount of success where you've lost you know that first 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds and... You kind of see the, the, the signs of progress. You know that it's starting to work. And then that self-sabotage creeps in where you almost subconsciously stop doing those things because you're scared of what more success would look like, or you're scared that you won't be able to, to maintain it or whatever. There's a lot of things that could be causing it, but that would make a really good journaling topic. If, you don't, if you're not able to say like, right off the bat, oh, this is when it happens for me, this is pretty predictable, then I would do some journaling on when this happens, what that cycle is for you. And then what we're going to look at today is how do you get yourself back into the swing of things? And then how do you make it so that this happens less frequently? So I want to back up and talk about building habits in general for a second, because I think sometimes we just have unrealistic expectations about what that process is like. And that causes us to feel like we've done something wrong or like we're not making any headway. And then that contributes to giving up and having all these starts and stops. So you've probably heard before that it can, that building habit takes 21 days, which makes it seem pretty cut and dry. Well, I just do this thing 21 times and then it's a habit and I don't need to think about it and I just keep doing it. But we all know that's not really the experience. In reality, building habit can take on average a little over two months. And that's on average. So there are some that you can establish more easily and some that take a lot longer. And the thing that really makes the difference is how drastic of a change that new habit is. So for example, I just started supplementing with creatine and have very easily been able to make that into a daily habit that I do. Because when we sit down and eat dinner, I drink my big glass of water. When I have a few ounces of that water left, I take the scoop the the container is somewhere that I can see it from the dinner table I scoop it in I finish my drink with the supplement and that's it so that one became a habit very easily because I was stacking it on something that I was already consistently doing and I had a visual reminder to do it and now it just feels like it's pretty set so something small like that drinking a glass of water in the morning or taking a vitamin or you know washing your face those can be established pretty quickly but something more difficult or disruptive Or drastic from your norm, like changing your exercise, changing how you eat, your self care, things like that, can take a lot longer, potentially several months. And that's when things are going well. That's when you're showing up consistently. So I think it can be really helpful to just kind of reflect back and think about how long you've been doing things kind of the current way or the old way, where Maybe you haven't done any sort of meal planning or prep. Maybe you haven't been focused on exercising or taking walks or strength training or whatever it is. So think about how many kind of votes you have for that course of action. Every single time you have done the old thing, you have, you know, kind of cast a vote for that. And now you think about the new thing you're trying to establish and all the votes that you've cast for that thing. It's just much fewer because you've had a lot less time to cast the votes. So to a huge degree, this is just a matter of patience and consistency and reminding yourself there's nothing wrong with me if exercise doesn't feel like a habit yet. It just hasn't been long enough. Think about all the years that it wasn't a habit at all. And now I have you know six weeks under my belt and it's still not clicking yet. Well, let me look back at the you know last 30 years where... It wasn't habit, so I'm not telling you it's going to take 30 years to make these changes, but just to kind of offer you that perspective shift that it's going to take a while. And if you've listened to the episode that I did with Meg about our lessons from our 30-ish years of exercising, a big kind of thing that we credit our success with, and and why exercising consistently feels so easy for us now, is because. We've been at it for decades. And when you remind yourself that these habits are going to serve you for the rest of your life and that this is going to be something that you value and prioritize for the rest of your life, you you have the time to make these things feel really ingrained and just part of who you are. You just need to allow yourself the opportunity to take that time and not try to rush the process. So that, in a nutshell, is why... It's so easy and so common to default back to your old ways of doing things. You just have that much more experience under your belt. So it makes sense that when life is relatively smooth sailing, you have more bandwidth to devote to rewriting those habits and doing the new things. But when things start to get chaotic and you have less energy to devote to it, that your brain is trying to conserve that energy and give it to the thing that really needs it right now. And you just just default back. It's just what's comfortable. It doesn't mean that you're always going to do this. It just means that you're human. So the whole point of making something a habit is to take that thought and decision-making out of the equation so you just are saving that mental energy for the more pressing stuff. So a lot of us are in that in-between where autopilot is not yet aligned with the person you want to be or who you're becoming. So this is not... A sign of you being a failure or anything. It's just that this is what it looks like. The The track, if we're going to talk about getting back on track, is windy. There's a lot of switchbacks. There's a lot of loop arounds. There's a lot of wait. Hey, wasn't I just here? That's what the course looks like. It just is not a straight line. I know we talk about that all the time when we are talking about the scale, that it's never linear. You're going to see all these fluctuations. The same goes for everything involved in changing your lifestyle and changing your health. There are these ups, there's downs, there's steps backwards, there's you know, kind of stuck in place, there's tipped over, there's got back up again, and it's all normal and just part of the process. So part of why I think that these kind of slip ups and, and things like that can feel like and become such a big deal is because of what we tell ourselves they mean. I would say most women that I have interacted with use examples like this, falling out of the habit of exercising or meal planning or prepping or all those things as evidence that they are lacking discipline or willpower, that they're lazy, that they're unmotivated, just generally that they're not going to be successful. So I want you to think about how that line of thinking plays out. I've mentioned before just how important our thoughts are and how they impact our results. The way we interpret a situation is just that. It's our interpretation of it. It is not a universal reality. That's why you and I could both miss a week of workouts and one of us could be really bent out of shape about it and eating like crap because why bother and telling ourselves this is what always happens at the beginning of the end and the other one of us could say okay no big deal i'm gonna start today so just to kind of set that scene that the way you're interpreting it is not the way everyone would interpret something so Think about this scenario. You have been consistently getting in your steps, your strength training workouts. You've been hitting your calorie targets and consistently tracking your food, feeling really good about it. You've got a solid three weeks under your belt. You're starting to see some progress and feeling like you're getting some momentum. And then you have this perfect storm of events. Your spouse is away on a work trip when your kids get sick and have to come home which means that you're having to work from home it just so happens that it's your busiest time of year and you're just struggling to do it all as a result you start skipping your workouts you start ordering whatever is like the fastest most convenient thing to keep everybody fed and just generally generally kind of do what you need to do to get through that really hectic week If you're enjoying this episode, I want to invite you to join us in Foundations. Foundations is our six-week group coaching program designed to help you remove every obstacle standing in between you and the weight loss you're after. Learn how to overcome the overwhelm of getting started, stop buying into BS that only yields short-term results, and learn how to master the big rocks you need to lose the weight and keep it off without sacrificing your quality of life in the process. Whether you want to lose 15 pounds or 150 pounds, we can help you in foundations. For all the info and to join, go to sdavent.com foundations. You could be telling yourself, this always happens to me. Every time I get a few good weeks under my belt, life just conspires against me and throws me off and I can never get any traction. I end up just right back where I started. I undo all of my hard work, and this is just how it always is for me. I have to be so perfect in order to see any sort of progress, and as soon as I, you know, kind of take my eyes off the road and shift my focus to anything else, it just comes crumbling down. When you feel that way, or when you think that, how do you feel? Like, pretty shitty, right? <laughs> you feel defeated, you feel overwhelmed, frustrated, all sorts of whatever, whatever negative feelings on that you want. When you're feeling so negatively and like things are so, have spiraled so out of control, how do you show up for yourself? Are you likely to kind of dust yourself off and do what you can? Or are you likely to continue to spiral and just feel like it doesn't matter anyway, so I might as well get the double order of the... French fries, we might as well add dessert. And if I'm not going to be able to get in my full workout stack, then why even bother going for a walk? And now you are essentially self sabotaging. So that's one course of action. The other is you have that exact same scenario. And instead of putting those thoughts on it, you remind yourself this is what life is like sometimes. Sometimes you just feel like you can't catch a break and it's okay because I will catch a break, this is temporary. My spouse is gonna get back from this trip. My kids are not gonna be sick for forever. This busy time at work is going to subside. I'm going to come out the other side of this. This is not a problem. How do you feel when those are your thoughts? It's probably a major relief. You probably have this perspective now of, okay, I have to get through this, but it's going to be okay. When you're feeling that way, You might behave in any number of different ways. You might just kind of say, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I have to to get through this week and that's gonna be fine. I'm gonna get right back to it. It's not a big deal. Or you might say, you know what? It would probably help my mental space a lot if I just got up and moved for a couple minutes. Doesn't need to be an intense workout. I'm just gonna stretch or go for a walk around the block, just something to get my body moving. I know it'll feel good to de-stress. You know what? I know that if I have cereal and ice cream for dinner, I'm not going to feel feel great about it afterwards. I'm already not feeling great because I'm under so much stress. Why don't I take out this, you know, these frozen veggies and microwave those too? So the circumstance did not change, but the way you perceive it has. You have just very similar to what I was talking about in that introduction about choosing to be wherever you are. It's just a shift in what you're telling yourself this means. I think it's really common to place a lot of our identity on our exercise and our nutrition behaviors. And what I mean by that is when you are exercising consistently, you almost feel like that defines you. Oh, I'm somebody who exercises. I'm somebody who has closed my apple rings the last six months, I have a, I don't know, 60-day Peloton streak, things like that. Instead of seeing ourselves as people who prioritize our health and well-being all the time, we get too wrapped up in that streak being our success. And then, instead of being able to take life in stride and realizing a day off is no big deal, it's not a problem, we... That identity starts to unravel when you don't have that streak to fall back on. Now you're just somebody who sometimes closes their apple rings, sometimes, you know, rides their Peloton. It sometimes can really help to shift that identity from it being streak based to just being my health is important to me all the time. And whatever's going on in my life, I exhibit that in different ways depending on kind of what's possible and appropriate. At that time, just to give you an example of that, I thought of this a while back and it's always struck me just how true it is that hopefully, like most of you, I floss regularly and I feel good about it. I would say I if if someone asked me, which no one has, but now I'll tell you anyway, if someone asked me, I would say that I'm someone who values like my oral hygiene and I take some pride in the fact that I floss and I brush my teeth and I use my mouthwash. But there have certainly been times that I have stopped flossing. I would say every time we go on a trip, I will pack the flossers and it's pretty hit or miss whether I'll use them. Just like being out of that routine, sometimes I don't do it. I even bring the stuff with me, sometimes I don't do it. More often than not, I will not realize we're almost out and then we'll run out and I'll forget to get them for a while and I just fall out of the habit. What doesn't happen when I stop flossing is that I I do not have an identity crisis where I feel like I'm only a person who values my oral hygiene if I haven't missed a day of flossing. (laughs) Right? I continue to believe that it's important to me even when I'm not actively doing it at that moment. Because I know this is not a big deal. I'm a human who sometimes run out of flossers. I'm just going to buy more flossers and then I'll start again. I am not having (laughs) an existential crisis because of that. And yet, Many of us do that exact thing when it comes to exercise or how we're eating. You tell yourself that I missed a day or I missed two days or I missed a week or I missed a month. Now I'm not someone who cares about my health. That's just not true. Stop telling yourself that. Everybody has these times when, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't get done. And you telling yourself that that is such a big problem is what makes it one. So instead, think of the Flossy example and just decide, I'm still somebody who values their health, even if I am not currently doing that thing right now. That's going to help you really have the confidence and the follow through to just start again. I see so many questions and concerns about, you know, I, I fell off for however long. How do I get motivated to start again? First of all, you don't get motivated. You just do it anyway. And second of all, you just start. You just pick up the flossers that next time you go to Target and you just use them that night. That's it. So if you have fallen off track with your exercise and your nutrition, just start again. Don't make it this whole thing. Don't feel like you need to make this grandiose gesture that you need to double your efforts or that you need to, you know, commit to more than you were struggling to do in the first place. Just start again. doesn't matter what it is. Get back on the bike for five minutes. Get a bag of vegetables when you go to the grocery store. Just do something to take a step in the right direction. Kind of wipe that slate clean. That's really really all there is to it. Okay, so what do we do? (laughs) I don't know if you guys can hear that. My stomach just grumbled so loudly it may have been picked up by the microphone. So if so, that's what that was. (laughs) So what do you do if... Either you are currently off track and you're struggling to get back on, or you are consistently finding yourself falling off and you want to reduce how frequently that's happening. Kind of boils down to the same thing. Start doing what one of our clients, probably two years ago, dubbed as life admin. As I tell you what this is, you're probably going to think it's way too simple You're probably not going to want to do it. And that's exactly why you should. So much of the advice that is really important and that works and that will make a difference seems too simple. We all want to be like these special snowflakes where we need something different. That, you know, that can't possibly work. That's just too easy. But it's not. It's just that we're not implementing the basics. And a lot of the times when we're struggling to implement the basics, it's because we're not preparing ourselves. I've probably said before that if you have identified an obstacle and you are continuing to struggle with it week after week after week, you need to be doing something differently. You can't keep letting the same known issue trip you up. Most of us know when our biggest challenges are. The evenings, the weekends, when we travel, being you know unprepared, needing fast meals, that sort of thing. So if you know that and you're still not figuring out how to make it work in your life, you gotta take ownership of that. If you are trying to eat more protein or more fiber and you're more than a few weeks in and you're still not doing it, why not? What is it that you're lacking? It's not the information. It's very easy to find out what foods contain those things. It's very likely that you're not making a plan for yourself. You're just winging it and hoping for the best and being kind of along for the ride and hoping hoping that somehow the you know chips fall in your favor all the time. And we just know that that's not how it works. It's going to take intention to get a different outcome. And like it or not, being well-prepared and making a plan is one of the simplest and most effective things you can do to be more successful. So when I say life admin, this is exactly what I mean each week sit down with your schedule and whoever else is you need to be aware of and figure out exactly what you need to do that upcoming week in order to consider the week a win so you want kind of this this broader view of okay by the end of this week here's what I want to have done the x number of workouts hit you know my big rocks with this consistency first kind of know what the goal is And then figure out what do I need to do in advance to all but guarantee that I follow through and do those things. That means putting your workouts in your calendar. I know it seems basic. I know you want the flexibility of like, oh, I'll just do it whenever it gets done or I don't really know. It's not going to become a habit unless you make it one unless you decide that it's just as important as a doctor's appointment or a meeting with your boss or picking your kids up from school and you start putting it on the calendar. You don't need to be like this robot where, oh, it's five minutes before the scheduled time. I can't start yet. Or I got delayed and now I missed the window. I guess I can't do it. But you can tell a lot about a person by how they schedule their time and, and where it's going. And if you're saying you value your health and your exercise and all the stuff that we're talking about, but those things aren't on your calendar, they're not taking up any of your time, how much do you really value them? You know, assuming that they're, they're not getting done. Over time, it will go- become habitual enough that you don't need to schedule that out like that. But in the beginning, you kind of do. And then once they're in there, you treat them as any other important thing. You parent yourself into just showing up and getting it done. You do the same thing with your nutrition. I think a lot of people are reluctant to go like this extra step further and actually think about their meals. But it's so silly because you know you're going to eat every single day. So don't let eating be this afterthought. Don't let it, like I said, be something that you leave up to chance and then wonder why you're not being more consistent or hitting your big rocks better. You're not putting yourself in a position to be more successful. So how many meals are you going to be eating at home? What dinners do you have planned for the whole family and which family members will be there when you're eating them? What are you going to be doing for breakfast and lunches? You know these, these meals are going to happen. Be prepared for them. So this life admin where you do it kind of for the week and you figure out what needs to be on the grocery list so that these foods can happen. What prepping should I do in advance so that I'm not scrambling every morning and forgetting my lunch or grabbing something at the Starbucks drive through The work you put in on the front end is going to be so, so valuable throughout the week. And then you do a little bit of daily life admin where... You give yourself 10, 15 minutes a day to reflect back on the day that you're, okay, I'm coming back after a break because uh, as you heard, the doorbell rang and it's just really cracking me up because I don't know that I can record a podcast without the doorbell ringing. I don't know how they know, but if I have a package that needs to be delivered, it will only be on a day I'm... Did I say podcast delivered? Oh my gosh, I didn't even know i saying. If I have a package that needs to be delivered, it will be delivered on a podcast recording day at the exact time that I'm recording it without fail. So um, I was getting all ranty about something and then the doorbell rang and now here we are. So anyhow, you're taking your daily life admin and you're looking back at the day. How closely did it go to the plan? If it didn't go according to your plan, why not? What tripped you up? How are you going to build that in? for the next day, or how are you going to avoid that happening again the next day, what adjustments do you need to make for your plan the next day in order for that to go smoothly? If you do this, and we're, we're not talking about a huge chunk of time here, probably 15, 20 minutes over the weekend to do your like week overview, and then 10-ish minutes each evening to reflect, to tweak the plan for the next day and be done with it. This alone will do a world of good at making it less likely that you fall off track in the first place, but getting yourself back on that much more quickly. And as I've talked about in one of the early podcasts where um, I'm talking about what progress actually looks like, that's one of the biggest things. All of us have had this experience, but where you can really see your improvements is when it happens less frequently and when it does happen, it lasts less long. You just kind of take it in stride and you're like, oh, whoops. And instead of, you know, falling off on Thursday, turning into, well, I'll start again on Monday. Friday's just a normal day. That's what's going to make the biggest difference for you is not trying to avoid this happening at all, period, but just being more level-headed when it does happen, not letting yourself spiral out of control and just getting right back to it. Okay, so... I think the next piece of this is in setting realistic goals. And this ties really well in with your life admin because that's when you're setting your goals for the week anyway. So like I mentioned, a lot of us set these really lofty goals and then pay no attention to how closely we're even hitting them. We tell ourselves, I want to wake up every single day and work out for an hour or I want to hit all of my macro goals spot on every single day. Even if you've never done that before, even if you have tried to, and have fallen way short, we just have this major disconnect between the goals we set and whether we're actually doing them. So if you're struggling to get back on track, or if you feel like you're constantly falling off, take a look at the goals that you're setting. A lot of us end up feeling badly about falling off, so we try to double down and somehow do even more. But what you really want to do is set goals that you're like 90 plus percent confident that you can do, even If shit hits the fan, I feel like most of us set goals with like the best case scenario in mind while assuming that nothing out of the ordinary happens, then yeah, I could do this. But when's the last time you had a week like that? (laughs) Probably never. So stop using that as your metric and start using an actual, an actual week. If a kid gets sick, if you work late, if your spouse is working a lot. What can you do even then? Scale back to something that you're confident you can do, even if if it's, quote unquote, only a couple of workouts or focusing on just calories or something way less than you normally do. The key is to start small, actually follow through, get some wins under your belt, build some momentum, and then raise the bar little by little as you're giving yourself the time to build these habits. It's going to feel so much easier doing it that way. This is where my dial method comes in. So I was mentioning earlier that a big part of getting off track is feeling like if we're making less than a 100% effort, the only other option is zero. Nothing in the middle matters. And if you've listened to other episodes, you know that we're all about navigating that messy middle which is where life is happening which is where you are always going to be and figuring out how you can be showing up for yourself in some way regardless of what's going on. So you can think about your all-or-nothing mentality as this on-off switch. What you want to start thinking in terms of is putting your efforts on a dial like a dimmer for a light or a radio dial where you've got a lot of settings in between on and off or, or max and off I guess. And what you want to do is, I, I love the visual of actually kind of drawing a circle on a piece of paper, and having you know your setting kind of on the bottom right. Maybe your uh, like seven o'clock setting as like your that's zero or off, and then maybe you have like a four or five o'clock setting, which would be max. And you can write on those. What does zero percent look like? Well, I'm, I'm swinging by. You know, a fast food restaurant every day for dinner. I'm having Starbucks for breakfast. I'm skipping lunch. I'm eating ice cream on the couch every evening. I'm not breaking more than 3,000 steps. Just like what is like absolute like non-effort for you? What is totally off? And then what is 100% effort? Where everything in your life has paused so that you can focus on this and you are just nailing it on all cylinders. Your exercise, you know, seven days, you know, five days a week for an hour and your nutrition is spot on every single day, all of your macros. Um, so those are you know, kind of your, your zero and your 100. What you want to do is start building out for yourself. What do the in-between settings look like? And don't drive yourself crazy. You don't need like, a, you know, 90, 99 settings in between those two, but give yourself a few. What does like 50% effort look like? What does like the middle look like? What does between the middle and all the way look like? What does between the middle and off look like? Giving yourself some gray area, giving yourself some options that are between all and nothing. And you might've heard me talk about these as BAMs before, your bare ass minimums. So instead of doing nothing, what's a little bit more than nothing? What do you feel like you can commit to when things are really tough? getting one vegetable a day, hitting 5,000 steps, where can you set the bar so that you're doing more than nothing, but it's also really realistic for those really crazy times in your life? And then when you do have more bandwidth to give, but you don't wanna burn yourself out or set the bar too high, what does that look like? And then really starting to embrace that, you know, kind of the, the dial lifestyle, where each week when you're doing your life admin, you're thinking about, where do I need to set my dials at right now? Based on what's going on this week, If the kids all have sports every day after school and then we have a tournament this weekend or we're going to be out of the house all weekend, what does that mean for me? What does that mean I need to do in advance? What does that mean I need to be prepared for? What will I do so that I don't feel like this week is a wash? Because that's what most people end up feeling like. I have weeks where I make progress and I have weeks where I backslide and the net gain is zero. (laughs) They just balance each other out and you alternate between trying really hard and then not doing anything and feeling badly about it. And what you really want to do is figure out how can all weeks be either forward progress or maintenance with no backsliding. So as I wind this down, I want to offer you a challenge. And one of the books that I reviewed recently, in it he talks about how we use this really strong language to describe falling off track. We'll say things like I got derailed and I wish I could remember what book it was so I could credit the author, but basically he's talking about how when a train gets derailed, it's a huge deal. We're talking people get killed. There's millions of dollars in damage. It can take weeks to repair. It's a really big deal. And we often use getting derailed to describe ourselves falling off track But think about how much bigger we're making that by using that terminology. I know it seems like it's just semantics, but when you use that kind of big language, it's triggering a big response in your brain. It makes it seem like a big deal. And when you're feeling derailed, that makes it feel harder to... Get back on track because think of all the repairs you have to do, think of all the damage you have to do, and that's just not what's happening. So, I've intentionally not used that language in this podcast. I've been using getting back on track, which I, I do think I hear more often. But even that, I feel like is kind of exacerbating the issue because, like I was saying earlier, the track is windy. We're not talking about an oval that you find behind a high school, it's just unpredictable. Where it's a whole lot more like a hundred mile trail run where where you're doing some loops and sometimes you're lost in the woods and, you know, sometimes you're not sure where the trail is and it's all just part of it. So my challenge for you is to see if you can stop telling yourself that you've fallen off track or that you need to get back on track. What if you just removed those words from your vocabulary And what if you just started taking this stuff in stride, the imperfections, the running out of flossers, the falling out of habits, and you just acknowledged it's just part of it. It's It's all part of it. And instead of trying to avoid those things altogether, and instead of making them mean something really big about you as a person and your potential for success, What if your focus was just on keeping your head on straight, learning from those experiences and seeing what you can do to make those periods of feeling lost and feeling uh, turned around and off less frequent and less prevalent? That mental switch alone would do a world of good. So that's all I've got. I hope that this was insightful for you and gave you some new ways to think about getting on and off track. I hope that you will implement the changes in your thinking and start doing your daily and weekly life admin because it can be a total game changer for you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things, I would love to thank you with a copy of our weekend survival guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy that don't set you back from reaching your goals. Just send a screenshot of your review to admin at estheravant.com and we'll send it over. And don't forget to check out estheravant.com slash foundations for all the info about our six-week group coaching program, Foundations, designed to help you remove every obstacle standing in between you and the weight loss you've been after.